Hello and welcome to this edition of the Ian Abernethy podcast. You can watch videos and listen to other podcast episodes by visiting www.ianabernethy.com. So, without further ado, here's Ian Abernethy. Hello everyone, I'm Ian Abernethy and welcome to the podcast. Uh, This month we're going to discuss uh, one-step sparring. Uh, Before we get into that, the usual kind of quick bits of news. Uh, The main one is uh, I've started doing what I've called mini-casts, which are effectively three to five minute long thoughts. So like podcasts, but smaller. Uh, For them, I'm using the Just Saying app. Um, and what that does is it allows you to kind of record uh, voice messages on your phone and it uploads them straight to the, the website and then distributes them via Twitter and I also kind of copy the links and distribute it via Facebook as well. But um, So these aren't professionally, well, you could argue these aren't professionally edited, the postcards are, but uh, I make no attempt uh, to make the uh, the minicast professional. There's no music or anything like that. I literally just pick up my phone, speak into it, press upload. Uh, I've done four or five of them so far. We've done ones on uh, multiple enemies and the difference between um, experienced, uh, skilled and trained. Uh, We've done one on micro-training, little things like that. So my aim is to get about three or four of these out every week. So hopefully it'll be a nice little addition to these uh, the main podcasts. They're not available via the iTunes feed. I'm not putting them in the podcast section on my website either so because i don't really want to distract from the main podcasts um but where you can find them is if you if you follow me on facebook which is you know facebook.com forward slash ian abernethy i-a-i-n-a-b-e-r-n-e-t-h-y dot com or on twitter at at ian abernethy you can also go to the website which is www just saying app.com so it's the missing the g off the saying hate it when people do that but that's how they've done it anyway so it's www.justsayinapp.com forward slash ian abernethy um and obviously if you've got a kind of smartphone you can maybe want to download the just saying app which again is spelt just say in no no g on the end um, yeah, so I hope you'll enjoy those, uh, and I hope they'll provide a nice um, addition to the these the podcasts uh, proper. So, um, and if you like them, you know, retweet them and, and share them via Facebook and things. Um, uh, yeah, you, anyway, you can have a little look and, and, and see what you uh, you think of those. So this month we're going to discuss uh, one-step sparring. If you want to save yourself a little bit of time, I hate it. That's it, end of podcast. <laughs> uh, don't like one-step sparring. I've never seen any value in it. No one's ever convinced me that there's a good reason for practising it. Um, but obviously in the podcast I'll go into slightly more uh, depth than, than that um, to explain why I don't like it and uh, why I think there's more efficient ways of uh, of training. So yeah, I'll uh, I'll shut up with this introduction then. I hope that you uh, enjoy the podcast, and I'll hand you over to me to discuss. Um, I was going to say the benefits, but I don't think there are any. Uh, the the practice. I'll, <laughs> I'll hand you over to me to discuss the practice of one step sparring. So this month we're going to discuss uh, one-step sparring um, and obviously the related uh, forms of practice, uh, three-step and five-step. So for those that kind of maybe aren't familiar with those or just so we can define exactly what we're talking about, 
Uh, typically, this form of practice is where you get two people uh, stand at a distance. Uh, one of them will adopt a set position. In some styles, they'll drop back and execute like a gidambarai. In others, they'll step into a, like a kind of fighting stance. Uh, the other one then responds and drops into a stance and then there's normally a single attack typically um, it'll be like a roundhouse kick or a lunging punch quite often uh, there'll be a response from the other side both people break away reset and then do the same drill again on the three and five step versions uh, people will repeat the attack so they'll do like a, a basic punch a lunging punch which will be defended against typically by moving backwards then another one, and then on the third one, they'll execute the uh, the more formal responses. So they are quite common uh, within the karate world, but <laughs> these are one of the few forms of practice that I genuinely see no value in, in, in terms of their uh, combative use. So this is, you know, we talk about it a lot on the forum, and I thought it's about time we kind of did a podcast on it. So uh, what I'd done is I'd asked people, whether you like them or not what positive benefits do you see and try to get um, people's thoughts and opinions on them so i, I could uh, ensure i address most of those points in the uh, the podcast now unsurprisingly most people agreed with me that these it's a form of practice it has kind of very little value but uh, nevertheless people repeated some of the advantages that they'd heard others say about the uh, this form of practice and we'll discuss all uh, all of those now to me um, one of the big problems with them is that just entirely unrealistic uh, one of the more common um defenses if you like of this form of practice is it can help develop timing and distancing and, and other such things um the trouble with that is there isn't such a uni such a thing as a universal timing and a universal distancing the timing that a judoka needs when throwing someone is different from the timing that a boxer needs to pick his shot you know, uh, is different from the timing that a swordsman would have. The, the, the different methods of fighting with different timings and different distancings. Now, when we look at one step sparring, for me, there is very little doubt that they have been heavily influenced by the practice of kendo. So you see the kind of distances employed in kendo. Of course, kendo has been very popular in Japan uh, at the time when karate kind of makes its way across. And to me, it's, it, it looks very obviously a kind of form of mimicked practice, a form um, mimic kendo practice, where people quite rightly will be at a big distance because they've got swords or like the, uh, at least bamboo replicas of swords. And then, you know, it is quite common for people to kind of move in with a repetitive action while people step off and do the defense. And while those timings and distances are relevant for weapons work, sword work, um, they're not right for civilian conflict. Um, it's far, far closer than, than, than that. You know, typically the distance for one sparring, people will be about what, six, seven, eight, ten feet away. Uh, whereas when we're talking about civilian conflict, they'll be at most two feet you know, within arm's length, typically, it's, it's very, very different. The timing is different and the distancing is different. So the uh, timing and distancing that is developed through one-step sparring is only relevant for one-step sparring. It, it doesn't give us something we can move on with that we could transfer to self-defense. Now, the other thing with it as well is it doesn't even transfer to fighting. If you look at um, the way two karateka will fight each other, let, let's take the competition format as an example. When the two uh, two karate can meet and have an exchange of techniques, that that distance that they they fight at and the way that they move again bears no re resemblance to one step sparring. So yes, there is a timing and yes, there is a distancing associated with one step sparring. 
but it doesn't take us anywhere. It, it, it's only relevant to one step sparring. It's a dead end. The only thing you can get good at, in my view, through doing one step sparring, is one step sparring. Um, the other one that uh, sometimes is, is touted as a defense of it is that, well, it's about not really about realistic techniques. It's about developing principles. Uh, to me, that's just it's a, it's a poor get out because if we're talking about practical principles, okay, practical principles, uh, practical principles cannot be manifest in impractical techniques. It, to, to me, that, that's obvious. The principle gives rise to the technique. So when we are looking at the principles we see in one step sparring, what we're seeing is ineffective expression of those principles or ineffective principles. Uh, principles that will work and are, are um, directly um, uh, relevant, you will see that manifested in, in, in the methods that make use of those principles. So you should see realistic principles, applicable principles, will manifest in realistic and applicable techniques. They cannot. It's an illogical fallacy to say that they can manifest in techniques that aren't realistic. And uh, one and three step and five step sparring, just, you know, they, they simply aren't. Um, the other one we've got with them, like, while we're talking about the problems, is uh, the, the the attack is entirely unrealistic. So we've got uh, formal karate-style attacks, like people dropping into Gidambarai. And I've, as, as it's very common, I've never yet heard a good explanation as to why that's practised. I've heard some really bad explanations, like, you know, you're dropping back because it leaves you wide open and therefore encourages an attack. And therefore, you know when the attack is coming. It's just ridiculous. You know, you you want to position yourself such that you're not an easy attack, and you want to avoid it, not encourage it. Um, so you know, people just don't fight that way. They, they don't throw lunging punches at one another. Those techniques can be useful in application, but but not as attacks where the hands pull to the hip and and everything else. Another problem is they always encompass retreating. So when the attacker moves forwards, the uh, the defender kind of moves back and defends, moves back and defends, moves back and defends, you know, which again is not good. There, there are some that encourage moving off to the side, um, which again is, is, is better, but the, the, again, the distancing, the timing and the nature of attack still make them an unrealistic form of, uh, um, form of practice. Now, to be clear, I, it is important, I think, to isolate technique. You know, to say, okay, we're going to look at this one motion and we're going to take it kind of away from live conflict and we're going to kind of drill it and we're going to kind of explore the, the technique in a way that you can really think about it and get lots of repetition in. I think it is important as, as part of the overall method to isolate techniques. The, but one step sparring to me is not the way to do it. We need to isolate techniques in a way that's kind of realistic and um, applicable. And practicing defenses against oizukis from ten feet is not realistic or applicable. Um, I, all, I mean, one of the ones that um, once up sparring, another defense that's sometimes given is well, it's good for developing spirit. No, no, kind of you know. So if you've got a guy drops forwards into his stance and screams at you with a big ki, then really commits to his attack. You know, I, I agree there. You know, you can if you can get equally spirited back, then there is an element of kind of spirit um, or will or confidence training being put in there but again it's not specific enough you know what i mean what what you're doing is yes okay you've got a guy screaming at you into ki but that's not realistic it, what we should have instead is is people trying to physically and verbally intimidate in a way that's relevant to kind of self-defense 
um, therefore it's specific because although you make it very confident doing one step sparring the instant a guy walks up to you shoves you and screams at you that's different it's not a guy dropping into Gidambarai and doing a Kiai which you have gained confidence with because obviously you've done a lot of it um so you know again lots of problems with it as 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 i see it i mean one they are <laughs> they can be fun you know that that's one thing that we should acknowledge it can feel good to do something that looks nice uh when back in the day where i did um one step sparring because that was part of my martial education as well um and knew they weren't realistic i knew they weren't practical but nevertheless i i could enjoy the practice of it i liked the way that they looked i liked the way that they feel um so that can be one benefit of it you know there's nothing wrong with doing something just for the fun of it so long as you acknowledge that's all you're doing it for uh, another way why you might want to practice them is historical interest you know they, like it or not for the last kind of you know whatever it's been few decades um, they have been part of karate practice so you may want to keep them going as part of your style's lineage and you know we pick these things up they're not that effective but we don't want to lose them either we, so you may want to do them for historical interest and again i have no problem with that so long as it's cl made clear in instruction and the students are very clear on the fact that it has only been done for historical interest and has no practical use uh, another reason why people may do them is gradings if you have a grading syllabus that demands you get good at these things and you want to grade then you have to practice them but again you know you need to acknowledge that you're only practicing them to get good at gradings uh, or get good enough to pass your gradings and again i suggest that grading systems if we are claiming to train in a practical way should be reflected so the grade reflects your ability to deal with practical situations as opposed to impractical uh, impractical ones um so again there is a need to isolate techniques there is a need to build up uh, methods too so it is important to um isolate a method to drill the method at a realistic range and a realistic distance and then progress it so what in my own dojo our we don't have to do any one steps anymore those have gone we left them behind a long time ago um to, just before i move on when i did that as well when i decided okay no more of these they're going one of the things that was suggested to me is well you know at the whatever grade i was at the time i was a dan grade you know obviously so look you know you're a dan grade you, you know you've 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 practiced these things you you've probably gained some benefit from them um so it's now difficult for you to say whether those things have value or not because you've reaped the the benefits of them is again is another defense that that uh, that was given to me uh, and you know it, it, it's difficult to say isn't it you know you know i did do them did i gain any indirect benefit or not you know i, I didn't run the experiment of having me as a martial artist doing one steps and me as a martial artist um, not doing them what i can say is i didn't perceive any benefit at all from them what i can also say is that my students who haven't done them uh haven't done one step sparring have not suffered for that it frees us up with more training time to practice in more realistic ways so they get more sparring time they get more pad work time they get more practice of realistic drills they get more practice at the cutter all those things are, are results are better i think so i don't see the need to keep them um at all really but again there is a need to start basic and build up so the way that i do that is i have a series of uh, bunkai drills so the student learns uh, a movement within the cutter um and then straight away they go okay right you've learned that sequence here's the two person drill that goes with it 
And these two-person drills will isolate the particular cut of motion and the kind of primary application that we teach for that motion. And they'll learn that alongside that. Uh, the timing and the distancing associated with the bunkai drills is that of civilian conflict, is that of self-defense. You know, it's close range, it's within arm's length. The, the drills encourage people to be very proactive as opposed to very uh, reactive. Uh, as part of it, we have um, escapes. We don't have kind of formal attacks, you know, people attacking with, um, you know, oizukis and other kind of stuff. We have people uh, behaving in ways which they will see in civilian uh, conflict. And obviously these are set drills, you know, and that's in itself is not enough, but then we build those drills up. Uh, and then they've got like semi-live drills. Those who've seen the Beyond Bunkai DVD uh, will see the semi-live drills that we do, or at least some of them, for Tekio Naihanshi Kata. So we, these are drills whereby um, the way in which the Uki can respond are not set. You know, so he'll have a limited number of options to choose from. So typically the, the person executing the, the drill will... Um, defend themselves in a certain way, we'll get into a certain position, we'll start to strike uh, the, their partner, and the partner will then jam and stop that strike or respond in a certain way. Um, but the way they're going to do that is not set. It can be one of any number of ways. And then what happens is the person doing the drill will have to use another motion from the cat to flow past it. And then finally, of course, we take them into uh, live drills, you know, our cat based sparring drills. Um, people mistake cutter-based sparring for thinking it's it's one thing, which it's not. It's a whole series of drills divided to develop um, all kinds of various uh, attributes. So there's a progression there. We do isolate motions. Uh, we do... Beginners need that. Beginners need to be able to stand there in a low-pressure environment and work the technique. It's not enough if that's all they ever do, though. And then we need to add in the variables so it's no longer quite the set. And then we need to make it live. And all the while we're adding in, you know, increasing levels of resistance. So that is needed. Um, I just don't see that uh, the, the process that um, is commonly used of, you know, the one-step sparring being the partner kind of drills, it doesn't really go anywhere because people don't spar like that. And they don't defend themselves like that. So as I've just mentioned, it tends to be a little bit of a... Um, uh, a dead end. One other thing we often uh, have discussed when we talk about one-step sparring, um, and it certainly it's happened on the forum a few times when this has been discussed. Uh, like I say I've got rid of them. I don't see any value in them, so they've um, they've, they've, they've gone. Uh, and sometimes you know I'm accused of having arrogance for that or getting above my station. You know on the grounds that you know master such and such included those techniques. So who are you to decide to uh, to get rid of them? Um, no, you know, I'm not for one second saying that, you know, in doing so I'm a superior martial artist to the master of the past, you know. What I am saying, though, that I do have a right to use my critical faculties. I do have a right to look at the, what we're practicing and say, can I make this better? Uh, and people can agree whether I've done that or not. You know, they can put a case if they believe that once aspiring is, you know, the optimum form of practice then let me see the evidence for that but at the moment I just don't see it I, I don't see that it's worthwhile that's not to slight you know everything that the previous generations have done what it's saying is you know through what they've given me and there's a lot obviously that I've learned that I have kept you know and um, through what they've given me I'm now in a position where I can look at it and go do you know what I think I can make this better and I think that's something that as martial artists we all need to be mindful of 
we don't want to end up practicing a dead tradition where we do things just because we do things. The the traditional martial arts you know, have this process of uh, passing on knowledge from one generation to the next, but the aim is always to improve. Every generation has to take it on itself to say, okay, let's try and make it better. And I've used the analogy before of science. You know, um, Newton, when he discovered his laws of motion, you know, that no one would doubt that Newton was, you know, an incredible physicist. But everything that he's, uh, he's come up with has since been superseded. You know, the, um, Newtonian physics has gave way to the world of quantum physics. It's, um, and, you know, as obviously Newtonian physics works well for things on the, the kind of large scale. It doesn't work so well for things on the small scale. You know, physics has moved on, but nobody denies the contribution that Newton made to things. And I think we need to be the same way. There's a lovely phrase I like, forgetting who said it at the moment, where it says, well, if I can see so far, it is merely because I am as a dwarf standing on the shoulders of giants. And I think that's the way that, you know, we need to look at it. We're not decrying what past generations have done. What we're saying is, thanks for that. We think we can make it better. That's a tribute to the education they've given us, not a slight on it. So I, personally, I think one step sparring is it like the misunderstandings that we have around kata. It arose at a time where karate was being moved from something it was into something it, it is. Uh, as it, if it progressed from, you know, it's kind of roots as a civilian fighting system to a form of uh, physical and, and moral education. Uh, we get generation practicing it who don't understand the realities of conflict. The only type of conflict they know is karateka versus karateka, and everything gets reinterpreted that way. Uh, in these podcasts, we've discussed at length how that happened to kata. People start to misunderstand what the angles mean, you know, the, the range at which kata is supposed to be applied. All of this, of course, is in the historical texts. But we get a new form of karate that's karate versus karate because that's what the generation of instructors that were largely responsible for uh, spreading karate outside Japan. It's what they knew. Um, now, we, if we're looking to be more pragmatic and practical about it, have to look at it again. And we, in, in a way, we kind of move forwards by uh, uh, by looking back. But in that looking back, you see, we need to be uh, discriminating. So I, I don't see it as, say, any value in one-step sparring. But that's not to say, as I said, I don't see a um, benefit in isolating technique. It just has to be done in a realistic fashion. Uh, one type of one-step sparring that I have came across, which I do like, is uh, some of you will be familiar with uh, Rory Miller's um, version of uh, one-step sparring which is where um, people start at close range and uh, they take turns. So a person will launch a particular attack and then in a slow motion fashion and the person will respond and come back with their own kind of counter. And the aim is on every single one motion you do, and you're only allowed one motion, you can't block and counter, it has to be one movement. Uh, you have to give yourself an advantage, disadvantage the enemy, protect yourself from harm and harm them. And it, it is a, it's a good drill. Anyone who's had the, done that with uh, with Rory, and I also know that uh, Mark McYoung taught it when he was over in the UK a, a few years ago as well. Mark and Rory obviously work uh, closely together. Um, it, that's a very effective uh, form of training. And when I remember uh, talking to, to Rory about it and being impressed by the simplicity of this drill, and, and Rory said that he got the idea because he misunderstood what karate one-step sparring was. <laughs> so he'd heard of this thing called one-step sparring. I thought, that's a clever idea, and then developed these kind of drills on that basis. Um, I can only imagine how shocked he must have been when he saw what one-step sparring actually was. You know, so, um, Yes, we need to isolate. There are effective ways to do that. There are effective ways to progress. 
uh, but dropping into Ginambrai and, and throwing shots from 10 feet away just isn't it. So um, I hope that, you know, if people are doing it because they enjoy it, great. If they're doing it because it's fun, lovely. If they're doing it because, they, you know, the need to do it for grades, that's fine too. These are all good reasons to do to do them. But one thing that we have to acknowledge is that they're not functional. And by pretending they're functional, we do our art a great disservice by trying to justify the uh, the unjustifiable. Because people see them and just know well, that's nothing like a real situation. So why are these people claiming that it is? You know, we shouldn't be. We should be honest about it. If we're doing them, just saying, yeah, it's historical legacy, or we enjoy them, or yeah, we have a bit of an ant antiquated grading system and we have to do them, that's fine. But what we shouldn't be doing is saying that these are. Um, effective and i mean even for those who do believe that they do have some indirect effectiveness why train in an indirect way why why say oh well you know okay yeah we accept they're not that realistic but we still get some benefits of blah 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 you can learn timing you can learn distancing you can learn positioning uh, you can learn muscle control all that kind of stuff you can learn it through practicing in a realistic way it's far more efficient than practicing in an unrealistic way and hoping for side benefits so yeah, a bit of a rant this podcast really, but as you <laughs> probably guess, I'm not a fan of one-step sparring. It's one of the few areas of traditional practice that I just see next to no value in. Um, and I do believe that it's about time that we just dropped it off in history and moved on. So um, yeah, all right. So I think that'll conclude this little uh, rant slash discussion on uh, one-step sparring. Well, that concludes this month's podcast. Thanks very much for, for listening. I, I hope you found that of some uh, some value. Uh, please remember to check out the new mini-casts, which are uh, available via my Twitter feed, uh, via my Facebook page, uh, the www.justinaappp.com forward slash I-A-I-N-A-B-E-R-N-E-T-H-Y so just say an app.com forward slash Ian Abernethy and check out all those uh, those mini casts uh, again so there's four or five up there by the time you're listening to this there'll probably be some more uh, I aim to put them up uh, every few days I want to get a new one up there um, so you know, check them out and if you like them spread the word on them the, obviously the more people that listen then the more incentive there is to me to you know keep getting them out and make sure that um you know, I'm serving the community, really. Um, it sounds bad, that's like community service, as if I've done something wrong. But you know what I mean, you know, there's a group of us pragmatically minded traditionalists and I, I like to play my contribution if I, if I can. So, yeah, thank you very much for downloading the podcast. Thank you especially to those that are, you know, coming along to seminars, that are buying the books and the DVDs, the downloads. Uh, as I said before, these podcasts are free to everyone to listen to. The minicasts are free. The online videos are free. The website forum, I don't charge for membership of that or anything. Um, but at some point, obviously, it needs to the free to consume. They're not free to produce. So at some point, some money's got to come in. And I'm very grateful to all those who attend the seminars and buy the books and DVDs because you keep the whole thing uh, rolling along. So if you are enjoying these podcasts, um, pop along to the website and see if there's anything there that uh, might take your fancy. So thanks once again to everyone for the support. I'll be back uh, very soon. And until we next speak, I hope you have a, a great month. Okay, stay lucky. Speak to you soon. Bye now.